So what happens when private equity starts getting into the healthcare system? And this is not necessarily about privatization. It's not about, you know, an independent clinic where they turn a profit by performing certain surgeries and procedures. Private equity is another animal altogether. Economist and Atkinson Fellow at the Future of Workers, Armin Yalnizian, joins us now to explain. Nice to have you this morning. Hey, good morning, John. Okay, so private equity is, as I was just saying, it's not the same as, say, you know, one clinic that happens to turn a profit. This is about money that gets into the system and often perverts it. Yeah, it's a very specific type of investment. It's, first of all, it's dark. You can't see, it's totally opaque. We know what they want us to know about what is bought, what is sold, and how much profit they make. Uh, the second part of private equity that is not like other investments is that it's specifically short-term. Usually the life cycle is four to seven years. So it's not, not meant to invest and you know hold in something. It's meant to go in and create profit, which is ripping and stripping things that can uh, juice a little bit more money out of a system, and then flipping. Rip, strip, and flip. That's what private equity is. And they often make it in the care economy by buying up mom and pop operations, one shop at a time, maybe one or two, you know, maybe a pharmacist has got one location and a second location. Maybe as you uh, mentioned, you know, a private clinic offering care is a doctor's operation and everybody's tired of the paperwork and they want somebody that will streamline the back office. So there's lots of reasons to say yes to private equity if you're the provider, particularly if you love what you are doing and you want to get back to the thing that you love doing, or if you are an aging um, person and want to sell your business in order to retire. Often selling your business is your retirement plan. So just getting out and selling a, you know, a good business with a great book of business is your ticket to freedom at last. And that's why private equity is circling. There's actually another reason private equity is circling, which is they've got more dry powder, uh, from what we know, they've got more dry powder than we've seen ever in history, something approaching $3 trillion of dry powder, which is ready cash to go and go shopping. And the shopping spree ended in 2022 after uh, the year of inflation and war, and it's just getting ready to go again right now. Okay. And is this actually happening in Canadian healthcare now? Yeah, it's happening. Uh, well, it depends on how you define healthcare. It's happening in private day surgeries. In fact, our former health minister, Christine Elliott, who changed the rules for uh, how much funding private day surgeries would get, um, she is now the main lobbyist for Clearpoint, which is one of the biggest chains for day surgeries. Uh, so the, we've got a bit of a revolving door sy syndrome. The same thing happened almost a generation ago with nursing homes. So that, you know, nursing homes, uh, certainly dental care is now, because it's coming in under the more publicly subsidized part of it, will be a place where private equity eyes high returns. And what it's looking for is a steady cash flow. A big book that is growing, that's going to happen because of demographics. 
and steady cash flow that happens because it's publicly subsidized so almost any aspect of care you can imagine private equity is moving into that in canada it's happening in small steps in places like ontario for child care and much more rapidly for things like uh, primary care delivery, dental care, pharmaceuticals, all that sort of thing. And the consequences automatically have to be diminished service and uh, greater charges. It doesn't have to be diminished service, but it has to be more money. And it has to be either more money from you as a taxpayer or money from you as a person that is forking money out, out of pocket Or the third mechanism is through your insurance plan. So there's lots of different ways of getting money in a sector that is destined to grow because of demographics, because of an aging population. But the really big story here is what I said at the top, rip and strip profits. Find new ways of making money out of what was already a good business. That is sometimes just simply scale. So you buy one shop at a time, you create a small chain, And then you kind of standardize procedures in the back room or you standardize procedures in the front room. We'll use this kind of uh, technology or that kind of supply. We won't buy a bunch of other things. We'll buy in bulk. You know, those are kind of sweet uh, changes. But there's other bigger changes and they happen particularly in what I call down market in my article in the Toronto Star. That's for people who can't pay up front. And the best way of making a profit out of care is by cutting the labor cost. How do you cut the labor cost? You have fewer people providing the same purpose, uh, service. You you know, underqualify them. You have few more assistance, fewer actually trained people. And then the third way is offering them less steady hours. So more part-time work and fewer benefits. So that people naturally vote with their feet. The job is terrible, so they leave. So you have higher turnover. But in the case of care, the quality of working conditions is the quality of the care you're going to get. So those are the three big things that you can do to make labor cheaper in your total input cost. And it's happening everywhere they go. Thank you so much for this. My pleasure. Armin Yelnizian is an economist. You can read, as you heard, her feature in the Toronto Star. I thought she was particularly effective, actually, at explaining the whole thing.